Oosters out. It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. No, sorry. We're sorry, we're laughing. It's just that was bad timing. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the BIG podcast. I'm Rambo, and I'm joined with Nick in Nick's house. How are you doing, Nick? I'm very good, thank you, Rambo. Are you still? I'm, I'm very well. This is the first time I think we've properly done the pod in the same room at the same time. Uh, is it? Uh, nationals, maybe? I'm not sure. But either way. Yeah, well, Nationals when we're skiving, but it's like your first time we've done a proper podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, Nick, uh, we're over a month uh, since Nationals took place. Um, how are you feeling? You missing hockey? I've just about recovered in terms of, like, that first weekend afterwards, like, I didn't really want to see an ice rink. But uh, I can I can live with it now. Can, uh, deal with what we went through, those traumatic weekends. And uh, I mean, there's obviously good and bad points in nationals every year. That's that's the sport. That's uh, people in general. Um, what was maybe your your favourite, most memorable moment of nationals? Well, I don't think this one's very hard, is it? The epic, the epic fall, the Miller toss. Of course, how could we possibly forget the Miller toss? Um, if you, well, I mean, we definitely got to get that clip somewhere again. Oh, it'll get circulated many, 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 many times through the summer. Yeah, and uh, definitely uh, go back and watch the live stream. It was played, I think it was possibly the most played replay we've ever had in Nationals. Yes. Um, I, it was certainly one of my favourite moments. There was a lot of good hockey action as well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out in the limb here. This is going to be weird for me, Nick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a massive shout out to Chase McCarthy who possibly had one of the biggest clutch performances I've ever seen in Nationals. Yeah. In the semi-final. I would agree. He was... uh, We've talked about this many times before, about the the different levels that Chase has got in his game and where he goes to, and that was certainly probably the best I've seen from him. Yeah, I mean, we've always known he's had the talent, but basically he took that team on his shoulders. Oh, yeah, he carried them. Unfortunately, I think the format kind of... Uh, undid St Andrews a little bit in the final as a contest um, but uh, Sheffield were the winners in the end Yeah I think that team looked uh, finally living up to a bit of potential there in terms of they've had some quality players for a number of years and finally managed to put it together and certainly uh, was a complete performance from them in terms of their long games in, in Div 1 and they, they put everything together there and there's no shame in, in St Andrews coming second for that team so I think what what we'll do just on that point is we'll go through go through nationals briefly and in, in the different tiers and just uh, we shout out to a couple of players that we some memory exercise now memory exercise well you know if 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 we've done something really cool then you know we'll we'll remember uh you know we'll remember them basically um tier, tier six for me was all about one man I think you know who that man was Rory the butcher Rory the butcher from Kent B um. I don't think the guy played in goals very long, uh, but he was a nice guy. He took 
um, our nickname for him and our support of him. Uh, he took it well. Uh, even got in touch with us to explain the tape on his pads, which I never thought of before. Let's mm-hmm. see. Um, sort of see where the, the, uh, the pads meet the ice sort of thing. And so, yeah, Rory the Butcher, was a, that was that was one of the big takeaways from Tier 6. It was indeed. I think there will be merchandise available in the in the near future. The, the other one was, uh, was Rhea uh, Gezi Froud, um, who uh, played with a broken collarbone. Oh, oh yeah. What? Wow, yeah. <laughs> and engaged in a fake fight in the semi-final <laughs> with a broken collarbone. <laughs> Maybe not the best time. Yeah. No, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was all done in the right spirit, so there was, no, there was nothing stupid about it, really, but, well, apart from the fact she turned up with a broken collarbone. Um, so certainly that for me that was the the big the big takeaway from from tier six. The mm-hmm. the, the banter was good in tier six. I yeah, it was. It, it's played in the right spirit as always. Yeah, um, and then it come tier five, Sheffield uh, worthy worthy winners in the in the end of that. They were they were well coached team from both times we played them. They certainly knew what they were doing uh, in terms of sort of tactically. Or technically, tactically, and game-like, uh, as we've been learning today. <laughs> they uh, they played a system and they executed. That's all you can say, really. Yeah, and the coaches at the end were both so uh, like gracious at the end of that final and coming over and, and like congratulating, making sure that they you know the we went off in the right spirits with each other. And I have a lot of time for Solomon certainly, uh, who's you know in the GBU program. And uh, plays for the Bears and stuff, and he's he's a pleasure to referee. He's a pleasure to speak to. Um, so certainly, uh, it, good for good for Sheffield in, in that tournament. Uh, tier Tier Four was uh, was an interesting one. I can't remember a lot of Tier Four because it was hazy and at night time. Yeah, and I was up at ladder somewhere. And... Yeah, well, we had that sort of weird weird bit where they had the whole Sheffield game, which interestingly. Was the stupidest game of the whole weekend. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, played by the biggest bunch of babies. Yeah. In terms of just sort of actual stupidity during a game of hockey, it was it was definitely up there. Yeah. Um, so many skilled players in that in that game that I was quite enjoying parts of it, but the sort of unfortunately was tainted with the sort of level yeah. The, the of hockey was great when it broke through the madness. Yeah, when it broke through the madness. It was it was really good. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, we had that, and that's maybe why Tier Four is not quite as fresh in our memory. I want to give a big shout out. Though, I'm, I'm not sure who listens to the pod, but to, to Ross Hamilton um, for for the Kings. I thought he was he was solid. He was my MVP. He was he was your MVP, um, and uh, the Coventry team as well. I want to give a big shout out to them. Indeed, they uh, were uh, they were class class outfit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the white tops with the pink. No, 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 no. I'm not even sure about the blue ones, but we'll not. Yeah, I think the thing is with the white tops for me, without going into the top wars again, and we were going to go through these maybe at the end, um, is is really the tattoo thing. But we'll go through that and we'll go through that in a wee while. Um, of course, the next weekend we had tier three and tier two, and we brought up our first playoff game. There's of the playoff games. We had the uh, of course had the tier tier two. Yeah, we had the tier two playoff game. The tier three playoff game. Nope. Is that not that was at 8am on the final weekend. Oh, sorry. On a Friday morning. Division 3 non-checking yeah, playoff yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And Division 2 non-checking playoff game. In the Division 1 checking playoff games. That was on that weekend. That was a long weekend. That was a very long weekend. Um, in terms of the, the playoff games, they were all a little bit one-sided, unfortunately, this yeah, year. Yeah, they were... 
Not the best of Put it that way. Yeah, in terms of, I mean, they were skillful players and stuff, and it's not taking anything away from the players, but they were just a bit mismatched, I thought, most of them. Yeah, you, we, we all know that you get that sometimes in terms of if a team can't travel properly, or sometimes there is that case that the North or the South has just had a better team. We've seen it before where you get to Nationals and you have a, a semi-final line of four teams from North or four teams from South. That's sometimes how it, how it kind of crumbles. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Obviously, the big one for me personally was the Eagles um, finally winning the Division One North. Uh, and they, sorry, one Division One North before finally winning um, Division yeah. One playoff game, um, which they'd never done before. Um, I was, I have to say, very surprised it was it was seven nil in the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dibs got it spot on. He rolled the four lines and he blew them away. Wore them down. Yeah. Um, so that was that was that one, and then obviously there was the. Less Bradford and Oxford um, for staying around after their uh, Nationals run. Heroes. And <laughs> playing in the tier, uh, sorry, Division 2 non-checking final um, at night time after seven hours of sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, that was um, that was hard for us, but definitely a lot harder for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that weekend and then we had, I can't actually remember who won tier C now. you remember who won tier C Southampton, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> How could we forget that? How could we forget that Southampton won uh, Tier 3 by blowing everybody away, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, a very good, very good side. And of course then um, we'll come on to some more in, some more Southampton players later on. But um, And then the Tier 2, good for Imperial. Finally, we've... Yeah, we've plugged for them quite a while. Yeah, we our bandwagoning of Imperial has uh, has been going on for for about a season and a half at least, and they finally come through for Gus. For Gus, who unfortunately was injured and, and didn't get to experience the finals. Yeah. Um. But what you know, an amazing a team, great great guy um to have on board, and um they were joined for the weekend by Andreas Sigaris, who uh, is. Quite the talent. Quite the talent. Was the GBU captain ultimately? Um, at the uh, at the end of uh, at the end of the day in mm-hmm. IES team, and uh, so I think having him uh, certainly helped them. And the way he moves the puck, it was just effortless. And I really do hope that he uh, he makes an appearance in, in, in Division One at some point because it's where he deserves to be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that weekend was good. It would be remiss of me to not talk about Jubber, though, from Birmingham, because for some reason, his name didn't move to the All-Star team. <laughs> so, Mr. Uh, Callum Jubber, if you are listening, uh, I'm going to quit your Jubber jabbering and uh, tell you that you were in the All-Star team, even though your name's not there. Um, so, moving on, we uh, we then had the IAS games. We did. Uh, the uh, got the first IAS win on the board. First IAS win on the board with our new shield, the Hopkins shield, uh, which I thought was a nice piece of kit, nice, mm-hmm. nice trophy. And uh, the uh, we also had the, the weird Scottish crooner having to be carried across the ice by some referees uh, in tartan trousers. <laughs> yeah, that that shady guy. Uh, <laughs> um, and. Uh, it was uh, it was a bit one sided the women's game, but in terms of it being like an eight one game, it was it was more just the fact that they couldn't figure out the goalies from IAS. Yeah, the two incredibly cool and uh, 
calm customers back there in net and it just provided them the platform to build from and they just wore GB down to an extent and had just such a talented group of girls. Yeah, I mean, the Great Wall of Henny started them off for 30 minutes and then Naomi Healy came in and just finished the task. Yeah. Uh, giving up, they just gave up one goal between them. Uh, whereas, you know, Holly and Steph, unfortunately, struggled against the onslaught of talent from the... Yeah, it was relentless, I think is the word I would have used in terms of the, watching that one from up on the gantry. It was just wave after wave after wave of IAS, just talented players. And we've always known that Robin Mullen's good. I've never played against her, but i actually seen her at ice level and that sort of level of game was something to behold. And so that was, I really enjoyed that. Um, then the, the men's game uh, started off, looked like it was going to be utterly terrible. Yeah, looked like we were about to get the biggest blowout of the weekend. Yeah, honestly, if you'd watched the first period, you might have switched off. Um, and then... Suddenly, game, yeah. suddenly, just it all kicked back in, and it ended up finishing seven five. Uh, t- it was still GB, but basically yeah. the GB if not given them pretty much a five goal head start. Yeah, GB basically lost the last two periods. Yeah, if they'd not um, proverbially done defecated in the bed in the first period, I think we might have we might have seen a, a double a double for IAS. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that series continuing. Um, it worked well this year. I quite enjoyed helping put the team together with the coaches and stuff. Um, Debs and Solosi are obviously two people I've, I've know quite well. They're easy to work with and stuff. So it was it was great. Fun. It was great fun to be a part of all that. Um, and then obviously we had the uh, women's nationals, and obviously for me it was a it was a great weekend in terms of that <laughs> um, with the, the talent on the Steel Queens and, and the big old goose egg on the, uh, the old trophy front it, for for me winning a yeah winning an actual university recognised tournament it was a first despite the many years behind the the, the benches um, and then uh, tier tier one as you were talking about the North really dominated tier one in the end mm-hmm. it was four northern teams in the um the semi-finals and uh, we had two competitive semi-finals but I think the final um, is is one where unfortunately for St Andrews they just didn't have the legs to no. compete with with Sheffield uh, but they did I mean yeah, the other thing is and it's a shame for St Andrews in some respect but any game against Edinburgh regardless of the winning and losing or whatever is always going to take it out of them because it's yeah, it's an final. emotional drain yeah, because those two teams absolutely go hell for leather against each other every time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Nationals was Nationals was all good, and we're just about done with the the hockey tournaments for the year. But we've got one more next week. Uh, big shout out to uh, Beth Schoon, um, who uh, is not hanging up the skates, but is uh, figuratively hanging up the skates in university hockey, mm-hmm. and we have her testimonial tournament on the 9th of June at Murrayfield. Um, so. That'll be a good old fun day with. Um, I really, I really, I'm pleased with how many girls are coming up from various places to play in that tournament throughout they the night. Are indeed, it's a, it's a very, uh, a great wealth of talent will be in uh, in Murrayfield next Sunday. Yeah, people travelling from as far as London, Oxford, um, Kent, the goalie, yeah. uh, and you know, it's it's fantastic. So, um, thank you to everyone that's going to be involved in that. Now, Nick. It's summertime now, so people should be, you know, um, 
sipping a pina colada while listening to this on the beach. Yeah, or getting ready for the holidays, or winding down from hockey a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, some people train through all the summer, I personally need a break. <laughs> I mentally need a break, in a way. But um, one of the things that obviously we talked a lot about, and it's now finished, so we'll, we'll talk about that before we go into maybe what people should think about during the summer, is Game of Thrones. Oh, here we go. Um, I personally am not one for saying let's rewrite the whole thing and start again. No, because at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You're going to rewrite the whole thing, start again, and then an opposite and equally diverse group of people will turn around and go, that's not what I wanted, so at, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the with the, with the the ending and the, the various story arcs and things like that. No problem. If that's how they want to end it, that's how they want to end it. But I think we're both in agreement on the next thing. That it was far too quick. Yeah, it was like the match of the day highlights of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not one that's really that upset by the ending or whatever. I'm not going to give the ending away in case yeah. you're really slow and haven't really, watched really it. Really, really slow, by the way. Um, but the ending for me was, was fine. It's just how we got to the ending and how we got certain people out of a bit of a jam in the final episode <laughs> to, to, to suddenly everything, not being hunky-dory because um, not everything's ever going to be hunky-dory in a, like a programme like that and You could say it's all now really good Yes, it's all really good and uh, there's a lot of foresight went into that ending yeah. um, So um, yeah, so that's Game of Thrones but we've uh, obviously we've had the end game as well, what do you think of end game? And again, this is something we talked about earlier today. I, I was more than happy with Endgame in terms of I think it completed the the character arc for a number of uh, number of people, and I thought it was definitely a different way of uh, having that film and, and telling that story. And I think it was pretty good. I think there's little mini things that they could have perhaps tweaked and done in different ways. I know we talked about the um, the one thing I was mentioning earlier about a certain character could have perhaps had a bit of a bigger. Um, bigger reveal or a bigger an impact at the end rather than what uh, what she had throughout. But yeah, it was good. As a Marvel fan, I was uh, suitably happy coming away from that. As a, if this is what we've waited eleven years for, I, I was happy with that. But on the other side of the spectrum, Nick, and you, we talked about this in the car, and I got a little bit heated. DC, what are you doing? Like. It's basically like, you know, someone's taking Nationals, they're taking a live stream, they're taking everything that we do at Nationals. They've basically, like, added three people that know nothing about hockey to do the commentary. I mean, arguably we know nothing about hockey, but, like, three people that don't know anything about the sport to do commentary. They've made everyone constantly have to skate backwards and um, play with a bright pink puck. And quite frankly, why, why, why have you got Robin Pattinson as Batman? Batbull would make a better Batman. I'm telling you now that you are ruining your franchise. You have better source material than Marvel, and I'm really disappointed. And actually, to the point where I don't even think I'm going to go and see Batman when it comes out, because it will be so terrible. If I wanted to go and see something wooden, I'd have went back to my old hockey stick that used to give me splinters. (laughs) And that's 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 the polite version of what I said. Oh, I got the on. unabridged version in the <laughs> car, and there was a lot more <laughs> Morse code version, pretty much by the time we were done. Yeah, we, we basically we don't want to give Dave too much editing um, on this podcast because we know he is trying to finish his doctorate at some point. Good luck, Dave. Um, 
So, um, yeah, uh, that was that was my uh, personal opinion on on uh, DC. I did like Endgame quite quite a bit. I think my favourite uh, person in, in that was actually seeing Korg again. The uh, the the sort yes. of stone man. <laughs> it's my favourite guy. They're uh, they're pretty special, those guys. <laughs> and um, as we watch in the background, they've got X Men or something on going on in the background. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, we uh, we're now going to go into a couple of, a couple of talking points. Okay, the things that are coming up now. Now, one this came up the other day in my in, in my work. It's come up with my friends before. It is actually a topic that comes up regularly. What is the number one biscuit lover's biscuit? Now, there's things you can you, you should check off. Not Kit Kats because they're basically a chocolate bar. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, not Jaffa cakes because there's a grey area where there's cakes or biscuits. Yep, fine. Um, so more, I'm talking more in the, the area of the you know the tube of biscuits. Yeah, know. like a like a rich tea or a digestive or a or a bourbon or something like that. Yeah. Now my opinion is the world's number one biscuit lovers biscuit is the hobnob. Ooh, that's that's ooh. <laughs> and I don't know if that's punchy or not, but personally I think that that the hobnob. With a little bit of like milk chocolate, let's be honest. We like a digestive milk yeah. chocolate. We like, you know, we like a bit of milk chocolate. But the Hobnob is the number one biscuit lover's biscuit, especially for a tea drinker. I'm going to counter that as a tea drinker and throw this one at you. I do enjoy a good dump of a good old-fashioned ginger biscuit into a cup of tea. Ooh. Well, that's something that I'm, I, I'm not averse to. I do like a ginger biscuit from time to time. It's a bit like cannibalism. <laughs> that's what I was just thinking about when I thought of it. But no, I, I think that's a that's a personal uh, personal favourite of mine. I think that's a it's a, it's a nice biscuit to uh, add to add to this. Now we know that Andy listens to these pods. Um, yeah, while he's while he's walking hunter. He's walking hunter, or he's driving somewhere. He's yeah. driving somewhere or whatever. Andy basically as the talent. Along with Callie, and we'll get Callie's opinion on this at some point. On our rider for next year's nationals, we demand a packet of hobnobs and a packet of ginger biscuits. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's unfair. I don't think it's too much to ask, especially in that second weekend where I end up commentating for a whole weekend myself. Um, so, but you've heard it now. <laughs> it's on our rider, and the world knows it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, hmm. Maybe we also need someone to make the tea. We could do a tea maker as well. Um, we will. The resident tea maker is no longer, no longer with us. No. <laughs> um, no, he's not. He's not with us at all. Um, but uh, yes, the resident uh, um, tea maker is is not there anymore. So if anyone wants to be the resident tea maker, she's <laughs> like to be. It's a, a mega job. It's a mega job. It should be. That That's, should be. That, that was a joke. Uh, was, <laughs> And we should co-op someone onto the uh, the committee to be the uh, tea boy slash girl, the, the tea boy slash girl, um, slash whatever you want. Refreshment executive supervisor. Yeah. Um. Lots of other things going on, obviously, uh, in the world of hockey. Past, obviously, the playoffs are still going on. I really, really hope Boston lose. Yeah. Please, um, please, please. <laughs> largely because. And it's not even just like, you know, like, I dislike some teams. You know, there's no real reason for it. Like, in, in American football, I never want the Patriots. 
to win. It doesn't even matter if they're playing against like the Seahawks, who are not in the Rams division, yeah. you know, who are in the Rams division or whatever. I never want the New England Patriots to win because it's basically because they win quite a lot of things. It's not even that with Boston. It's just Brad Marshall. Oh God, yeah. It's just Brad. That Marshall. guy is is something else. I mean, before that, it was Milan Lucic, and he wasn't even as bad as Brad Marshall. No, he was he was just a a, a big tough guy, whereas Marshall's just so many I things. Think as we were discussing today at the uh, the conference that we've been at, in terms of in thirty years ago in the NHL, Brad Marchand would have wouldn't have existed. He would have ceased to end after his first yeah. shenanigans. If he'd done that in the days of like Andrew Peters and George Larock, the things that he he's done, then um, he certainly would uh, you know be perhaps an ex NHL hockey player fairly quick. Could you imagine him doing some of the stuff that he's done to the likes of like back in the day a Gretzky or someone like that? Yeah. He would have been absolutely just yeah. ended. It would have been some big guy who was basically designated to to go and get a hold of him. And we're not advocating that type of thing for people who behave badly, but Brad Marchand definitely is one of the players that I really, really dislike in the NHL. But more than that, GB. Wow. G- GB, and I am, I seem to be a bit clueless on how these things work. I had understood that only one team went down, but apparently two down go down. Yeah, because one from each division. Yeah, I thought the two, one bo- from each, yeah, I thought the two bottom played each other in like a relegation playoff. So yeah. did I for a little while, but then, uh, no. Yeah, well, obviously not, because France are gone. And um, so, uh, was it not? Um, Austria. Yeah, Austria, yeah. yeah. Well done to Italy as well. Yeah, because they <laughs> were pretty much the same story, but they weren't as popular as we were. Yeah, and, and, and a massive shout out to all the to all the. Like, I know I've seen on Facebook and social media, there was tons of BYJ alumni and BYJ current players who went out there and supported and were part of the GB Barmy Army, and it looks like a, an incredible experience, and I'm sure you're all booking tickets for Switzerland, And but, like, I think GB captured the hearts and minds of the international hockey community of, like, the team that was just really happy to be there. Yeah, I mean, several things came out for me. Now, I didn't manage to watch many of the games because we're normally on when I was at work. And I've seen some of the highlights. Um, the, the the absolute mugging off of Patrick Kane in that interview when they're, when they're shouting, who are you, Adam? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the GB boys in the circle singing, mm-hmm. we're... Um, we're something and we know we are. We're something and we know we are. Um, and it gets played retweeted by the double H yeah because they don't know what they're saying didn't listen. <laughs> um, it's just it's just like it's just so much what like actually I think part of me thinks that it's more enjoyable watching a team that goes up and down than almost watching a team that wins all the time yeah and the other thing is you've got to look at it in terms of that tournament is 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 in the minds of those top hockey players it's not where they want to be because at the end of the day Alex Ovechkin and Malkin and Kane and those guys, do you think they really, really want to be there? Would they not rather be back in the NHL trying to win the Stanley Cup at that point? Yeah, they would. But then you compare that and you flip that round and look at, obviously, the GB guys, and that's their pinnacle, and that's their... It's not getting better than that. Yeah, I mean, the, the I know that I know that some people are, you're only celebrating staying in the, in the elite group, but who cares? Yeah, exactly. Who actually cares if you're only you're only doing that? I mean, that is a massive achievement. We were we were ranked twenty second in the world, 
in a tournament for the top 14 nations. Yeah. Now, now Ben's bound, Ben Bowden's goalie, by the way, um, from what I've seen. How, him. like, if he's still playing for Cardiff next year, I will be shocked because I'm sure someone somewhere, whether we're talking about, like in the DEL or like some of the other leagues around the world, someone will have watched that and thought this guy deserves a shot. Absolutely. Like, he, he thoroughly deserves to be part of, of like, a big contract and play in a big European league. I'm not saying anything against the elite league, but it's just, no. once you go kind of in Germany, Finland, obviously Russia, uh, Czech Republic, that sort of area of Finland, um, I mean, that SM Liga game, you could see just the smoothness, and not half of those guys are never going to play international. Yeah. And... The, the the smoothness compared to the elite league is just incredible, and it would be it would be a great opportunity for for him. But I mean, obviously, we're just we're just spitballing here. Exactly, <laughs> like it, it would be incredible not only for him but for the British game in terms. I know we had the whole Liam Kirk thing last year in terms of the the impact that he's made and the and the future that he's kind of paving for other people that it is achievable to do these things. And again, obviously, it was huge for him to be part of what went on. But you've got to look at what impact would that have if someone like Ben Bounds can go to Europe and, and succeed to an element. He doesn't have to stay there forever, just has a has extends his career a little bit longer across there and then comes back or whatever. But it would be incredible. Again, just as a we seem to be at like kind of the crescendo and we're at the, the top of everything. I know obviously we're aware of obviously what's going on with the governance and things like that. And there's a lot of things going on in British Ice Hockey behind the scenes. But the forward-facing Team GB element, like the women again were unlucky and, and, and are putting everything in trying to progress that. And obviously I know the juniors did well again and had successful times in the various different things. But the men, like they beginning to try and put something on the map to some extent in terms of, I'm sure there must have been people who watched that for the first time or kind of got involved and must have looked and watched and thought, wow, like Team GB were that plucky underdog and that team that, yeah, at the end of the day, in, in some of the games against Finland and Canada and USA, yeah, USA had the 22 best players on the ice. Like, probably, at the end of the day, to be honest, looking at the roster, that's Canada's D team or E team. That's not even anywhere near close to, like, what they'd be selecting if it was the World Cup or an Olympics with the NHL players. But still, like, GB just would not lay down. No. And, even at, even at 8-0, they were still trying to make something happen, still trying to get a goal, still trying to do it for their fans. And, and what an example to set yeah. for future generations. Yeah. And You're a kid watching that. And, and and I look at it, if you look at it from, you know, I'm a, being a rugby fan all my days, it's like the All Blacks going and playing, like, not even Japan, maybe like Hong Kong, yeah. almost in terms of world rankings. I think Hong Kong will be around the 20 mark, 22 mark, where Britain were ranked at that time. That's what it's like. That's the comparison if you look at it like that. Uh, like football, I'm not entirely sure who's top of football. I presume it's Spain or someone like that, but it'd be like Spain playing Scotland. <laughs> anyone playing Scotland currently? Any, anyone playing Scotland. Pretty sure you got beat by Kazakhstan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a massive thing and people need to get behind this and I know there's obviously a lot of public support and things like that, but we need to take advantage of this and be and be plugging this to as many people as possible and saying that like look like especially given the difficult circumstances and the hard times like just 
Pete Russell want to sort out Brexit, maybe, or but we need to be we need to be taking advantage of things when they're going right because there's not a lot of things going right in the world right now. No, no, it's exactly right. It's uh, and I'm glad you brought up the women's team. I went down to uh, one of the games in well, I'm past where Dumfries is now, but um, I went down to uh, one of the games in Dumfries. Unfortunately, it's the only game they lost. Um, but it was great actually seeing some of the sort of faces that I've known through uni hockey playing yeah. international hockey, like full international hockey, like a Louise Adams who's coming up next mm-hmm. week, a Steph Towns, obviously a Beth Schoon, yeah. um, Monica Petrosino, um, and there's been obviously undoubtedly others that maybe I don't realise have played uni hockey playing in, in that women's team. And they were, they were unlucky. They, there was a, a couple of bounces, maybe a couple of calls that you could argue didn't go, or get, go their way as well, that didn't help matters out. Um, and I think, they, they, you know, things sometimes go the wrong way and you can't help them, but um, it, it's good that they're up there and they're fighting every time for a medal and hopefully they'll, they'll grab that gold. They just need that little bit of luck this one time. and yeah, Bounce here or there. And something they, to go their way. It's like when they're playing five or six games like that, it's not like the better teams do come out to the top and GB are proving that they're that, but still it's the same as anything. Like, you need that little bit of luck at least at some point. Yeah, I think they're in uh, Spain next year. Sure. Nice. Um, and I have to say, there was, a, there was a girl for I watched all the games on that particular day. Um, so I saw Spain against Mexico and um, Korea against um, Australia, yeah, because I saw the Australia game on the TV the week before. And um, the, uh, the there was a girl on the Spanish team who might have been in person the best technical skater I've ever seen. Um, certainly in like in the last couple of years, but maybe just about ever because she just her technique was incredible. You could um, you could pick her out of anyone. You know, <laughs> mixed everyone's colours up. She was awesome. Um, I think her name was Vega or something like that. So. If you're, you know, at a loose end next year, you want something to do, I would, I would suggest go across to Spain and uh, check out the women's worlds uh-huh. and give give the girls some support. And uh, I thought for a moment there you were going to offer that she should come to Edinburgh University and do some kind of call. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> she wants to come to Edinburgh University. And we were going to offer. I thought the, that's where we were going. We we're going to offer the, We were going to offer the Korean goalie an opportunity to to defect Edinburgh as well, and. Uh, and, and play and play for Edinburgh, um, well, and and the Steel Queens, obviously, but <laughs> just just throw that in there. Just throw that in there. But um, but no, like we as a community in the UK, like the hockey community is not the biggest in the world. And at the end of the day, we we've got to support each other, whether or not you agree with some of the stuff that's going on and things like that. But GB at the minute is a good place to be around. So like, get involved and get behind it. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Uh, I mean, that's, that's really our review of, of things that have been going on, things to look forward to. We've got the AGM at some point coming up. We have a, I think we have a summer shindig. I, I'm suggesting, like, barbecue or something at Andy's house so we can see the dog. Yeah, please do. That, yeah. that sounds pretty good. And it's a rather central-ish location. I'm sure Joe will be behind this idea because obviously it's rather mm. convenient. <laughs> it's convenient. Well, it's, yeah, it's nearer his, uh, his pad, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure Dave won't mind a wee bit of, wee bit of travel up if he's getting to meet yeah. the dog as well. I think Dave's a dog man. He looks, he looks like the type of guy who like a dog, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, Dave has actually told me he's now a Bristol uh, rugby season ticket holder. Wow, that's it. Yeah, 
Uh, Bristol Rugby, after the old controversy with uh, Billy Vinopola, played its reigning men when they beat um, Saracens earlier this year. <laughs> so good for them for trolling, trolling uh, 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 Billy Vinopola. But, uh, I mean, I, I have to say that there's been a lot of bad stuff going on in sports, and there's been a lot of good stuff and positive responses to everything. But actually working this last year and doing a lot of promos like for IES, for GBU and all that sort of thing, like our trip to Finland and stuff like that, I think this year's been one of the most enjoyable in hockey I've had. Um, certainly, and I've had a lot of really enjoyable seasons. I keep going back to that 2014 season with the Eagles where it was like basically a little mini family and I'm sure you've had that before with yeah. Northumbria. Um, but this season... In the wider scope of things, I think I've enjoyed hockey more um, than I ever have. Yeah, and I would agree. And the one thing I would say, and I think it's something we were talking about earlier, and it's a common theme, and we keep saying this, like, get involved. Like, don't be, like, as much as you can, enjoy the ride, but in the same way, it's so much more rewarding if you're part of it and, and you're getting involved in these things and you're, you're trying to develop and push these things. Like, there's not enough people in in the country who care enough about hockey to not get involved if you can. So whether it's the smallest little thing of getting involved at your own club, whether it's doing that referee's course or doing that coaching qualification or doing whatever you can do, or even that little volunteering and coming and helping out with little bits of things. Like we're, we need help to help you guys. And if you can do that, no matter how big or small it is, it's appreciated by everyone. And, there's so, so many opportunities to get involved, guys. Like, please do in some way, because trust me, it's one of the most important things you'll ever do. Yeah. We should have, like, some charity music on that in the background. So. Nick is only seven years old, and he's not had a meal since five o'clock. Today. Well, after today's event, Rambo, we'll not get onto, like, stories about me in the background or whatever, <laughs> whatever I may or may not have done in a former life. <laughs> I, to be honest, it turned into some kind of, like, X-Men kind of story arc line in terms of what alter universe I've been in, apparently. Yeah. yeah. No, I think there was one there was one final thing I wanted to do, Nick, and I, I know that basically this whole podcast has been put you on the spot. Oh, God, here we go. Um, but I wanted to... I, I figured it's been... It was 15 years since the Eagles have uh, started this... Well, kind of last year, but... Okay, you know, I, can't, I, I can't even... I not remember that, obviously, you we had the whole uh, Rambo's Top 25, was it? Yeah, Rambo's Top 25. But not to go, you know, from our memories, from our memories, I thought we should put together an all-star line and goalie from from our memories of, of BIHA players. At this sort of milestone, I know it's a milestone more for the Eagles, but I've been involved with the BIHA committee for well over five years now, mm-hmm. and I think you have as well. And really, we're just talking nonsense in this podcast anyway, so we might as well. well we might as well. Let's, let's do fantasy lineup. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a name out for goalie, and I'm not sure what you're gonna say, but I'm gonna start Dave here. Rogers. Dave Rogers, no. <laughs> uh, Adam Perry, no, not that either. Um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the name Bert Ricketti for for. Yeah, no, it's not even questionable. Like, sorry, I, and I would have quite happily said that. Like, this is not an Edinburgh bias thing, and like as much as. I'm Northumbria through and through. I do have a, a quite close link to Edinburgh as well, what with yourself, Rambo, and the other bits and pieces, mainly being one of the only other clubs that I kind of get along with. But Burke is by far 
the best goalie that I've played against in uni hockey, the best goalie that I've watched, and continually finds ways to do things that you just literally scratch your head at and think, how has he done that? And I think we, we were having a conversation about goaltending in general earlier, about some other stuff, and you're talking about, obviously, as a coach, you're trying to find that goalie you know you're going to get like a 90% save rate out of, or you're going to get, they're going to stop nine out, nine out of those 10 shots, and even that, you're going to, they're going to stop some of the ones that they shouldn't even stop, and that's burked through and through in terms of, like, there you go, franchise goalie. Yeah. Yeah, if we were start, if I was starting a team... You're, you're Seattle right now, <laughs> drafted, yeah. drafted in the NHL, and you can pick whoever you want. Yeah, he Berk, Berk's the uni answer to, to the goal you would pick from whoever you want yeah. in, 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 the, in, the, uh, out in that league. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, Berk is, Berk is uh, unanimous from Nick and I. Um, defensively, um, one guy I thought was a BIG legend, absolute legend and solid defensively. This case a bit like an ostrich, but comes from Cambridge, Jason Gibbs. Yes. Would be a guy I would put forward. Yeah. Uh, incredible leader of men from yeah. uh, from what we've seen and all around top bloke and his hockey game speaks volumes. He's uh he's he would be a quality addition to that team in terms of uh, all of the intangibles that you'd be looking for in this kind of lineup. Yeah, certainly, certainly, and that's that's why I would I would definitely put his uh, name forward for that. Um Looking, looking at other D. I mean, obviously, we could we could go with Ranji again. <laughs> we could go with another Edinburgh player if we if we uh, particularly wanted to. Um, I think he's good, but a guy I give a shout out to, and actually, he's on the Kings, who I think is a very consistent performer, is uh, Lawson Glassby as well. That's another mm-hmm. another character I would I would, uh, I would throw in the mix. Yeah, and not to harp on about uh, about my own players or anything, but. I've seen Lawson develop from this 18-year-old kid that I met through to what he is now. Obviously, he did a year abroad and things like that, but he, he went from being just a guy in the room and a talented hockey player to being a real leader and someone who... We spent a lot of time today on this uh, on this seminar talking about, obviously, as a coach, you're not necessarily just looking at their own ice performance, but you're potentially looking at developing people's life skills and things like that. And I would, I would certainly say Lawson's a, a top guy from that point of view. Whether or not he makes that team, even I'm going to say there's a lot of good players out there, but he's certainly he's in the mix and he's uh, there's there's potential there. Yeah, yeah. Um, another guy uh, I don't half around about Edward a bit. Sam Grandland. I don't know if you ever had the pleasure or displeasure of playing against him. Um, he was somebody who was uh, who was solid. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a big, there was a good D man for London, and I can't remember. Yeah, his name. I know who you mean. But in the same way, throwing this out there, if we're not going off, we don't have to play for a certain number of years to get on this team. There's a certain uh, marsupial that we uh, we got to know last year who, uh, who was... Oh, well, yeah, I think just for that one hit alone, you should get in there. Should yeah, get in there. like, yeah, Patrick Kohler. Yes. Uh, yeah, having an Oxbridge D-line, I think, yeah. I mean, you know, this is more for fun, you know, don't get too upset, please. No, don't get too upset and get too. We're just talking here. I'm sure there's someone who you definitely missed, but absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Rob Grant, for example. Um, Standout Andrew Miller. Yeah, I, I, Rob Grant. Joe Staten. Honestly, Joe, Joe could go as a backup goalie as well. Joe could go as a backup goalie. Rob Grant and D um, certainly is the BIG's answer to a pylon. Um, 
<laughs> Which, just to let you know, Rob, if you were drawing that on a coaching board, that is a, a X. It's an X, yeah. It's weird, because a lot of coaches draw it as a triangle, and then they get, they get told off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're Although, you could say that quite a few of those triangles as defensive and are pylons. That's true. That's very... I've crossed many of those in my time. Very, very true. Um, now, a guy I thought I would mention in the forwards from, uh, from Sheffield, Cameron Pywell. Yes, he was this year... Wow, I, I'm i pretty sure I put him in the Div 1 team. I hope I did, but he was he was incredible. Like, yeah. Different different class. Yeah, and in that GBU game as well. He was, like, <laughs> he was the player of the game for both GBU and in the, the, final, yeah. the final and pretty much all weekend for Sheffield. So. Yeah, he, he was the heartbeat and the ticking clock of that team. Speaking of heartbeats and stuff, um, and an opposite end of the scale, for the majority of the tournament, Richard Freely, eh, sorry, Ryan Freely, was a bomb scare. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Mike Shalossi must have really thought, oh, great, Ryan Freely, and what a great addition. And then, how many penalty minutes? And how many, like, just... I don't know, he came out of the penalty box and basically took another penalty straight away. It was hilarious. He's got a little timeshare going in there. It was pretty impressive. He was, he was an awesome player as well. Absolutely oh, he, phenomenal and, player. Yeah, incredible guy as well, but he, he didn't have probably the best time he was there. Of his life, but walked away and did one champion. So, well, there, good for him, good for him indeed. Um, going back many years for another forward, and I cannot, I cannot remember this guy's name, and he won't even be in the database. There was a Finnish guy, and if Simon Hopkins listens to this, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. That played for Nottingham, who was absolutely ridiculous, and I can't remember his name. I remember him; he was great. He wasn't a tall guy; he just was strong and. Completely ridiculous in his ability to, to sort of, you know, move around. Um, I know that we're just to go off piece. I do think Jennifer Lawrence is a better mystique than this girl. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> completely off piece. Uh, players that players that I want to give a shout out to um, for this this position though. Um, there is a, um, well, I'll talk all day about Robin Mullen and how good she was. Mm-hmm. Um, there. In the, previously there was Adam Robertson for Edinburgh yeah, was a guy that we were brilliant. constantly um, talking about um, Jackson Price for Cardiff yeah, was, again. was really good I know this is a, there's obviously a recency bias in this thing we're not, yeah, like, we've, we've not got that great a memory no and we've, we've not so this is off the cuff <laughs> completely off the cuff um, I'm trying to think who else Dave Rogers for Cardiff <laughs> um, Andy Miller for Newcastle back in the day Mm-hmm. Uh, Newcastle did have some top quality mm-hmm. uh, forwards at one point. I think did Towns not play for Newcastle? Which one? Steph. I know Steph did. Well, Steph is our. No, Al- Alex played for played for the Ducks. Did he play for you guys? Um, Pez played for Newcastle though for a bit. He did for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pez would be someone I would throw in the mix of this conversation. Oh, Le-, Le Petit General. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. Go look at the stats. I think you can't ignore them. Yeah. Let's, let's. At, the, at the end of the day, no matter what division you played in or anything like that, at the end of the day, putting the puck at the back of the net is not easy. Yeah. And look at how many times the guy's done it and on a consistency basis. At a university level, it's hard to do. Yeah. And I think for me to wrap up, and this was the I was saving this forward for the end because to me, this is the, this, well, actually there's two of them um, that I would save till the end. Uh, one, again, is another Edinburgh player. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry for bringing it to Sorry, you can't hear me rolling my eyes on yeah, the... Uh, yeah. um, and to me, he's an absolute legend. Uh, 
for the years of service he's put in, um, there could be several in there. Governor Neil Dolan and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. But in terms of like BIG stats and, so, and yeah, yeah, Tony absolutely not even questionable. Yeah, how long? How long he's in? I mean, let's have six. Let's have six. Let's pretend we need to pull a goalie at some point. Um, However, I've got I've got a curveball. I'm going to let you finish, but I've got one that uh, I think. Okay, okay. Well, uh, the other one I was going to say, and he's done it for two clubs, being awesome, is Jordan Hall. Yeah. Um, Jordan Hall is, is fantastic. Um, Owen, obviously, we mentioned Chase earlier on. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. we're we're nearly a two Yeah, I mean, the, we shouldn't have started this. Here's one for you. A couple of years ago, playing for uh, Cambridge. Was it uh, Crocious? Oh my word, yes. Crocious. He was, he still has scored. And I think it was the first year we did the live stream that there was no commentary. And it's on YouTube somewhere. He literally has scored the best goal I've ever seen scored at I Sheffield. It's in Div 1 Nationals. He comes down the wing and it's against, like, it's not against anyone. I'm pretty sure it's against, like, probably the best goal of the weekend and one of the best, better teams with the better D. And he comes through and just pulls the puck out of nowhere from behind him and absolutely rinses the defenseman and kind of goes short side bar down. And it's like, all of this at like Matt Watt's feet. In terms of from from my memory, he's gotta be kind of in this conversation as one of the best players that we've had in recent memory. That's that's true. Through. And I don't know if you remember it. There was a guy that played for London that had them um, like college shots. Yes, yeah, like doing college yeah. shots, and that was a year that I thought like Nottingham were going to win the playoff. Oh, and game. he just and they basically got destroyed by London. Yeah. Um, Callie would be screaming, really like, it's this guy. Yeah, it's this guy. He would be absolutely screaming if he, if he was hearing this right now and us fumbling about with, with who it was. Callie, in terms of an act, if we're just having a BIG character legends team, yeah. Callie would be, <laughs> it'd be you know, you'd GM. Have, Callie, Neil Dolan would be the first two people you'd put in the squad. Yes, 100%. <laughs> not, even, not even, sorry, sorry everyone else, yeah. but not even close. Uh, yeah, I mean, the two of them were like the best characters, I think, the BIGs maybe. Seen certainly in my memory. The, you know the one thing that just slightly disappointed me. Imagine if we got those two playing as characters right now, with the setup that and the, and the system that we've got going right now, in terms of the exposure that we could get through them, through doing interviews and through doing this, that, the other, and yeah, I mean, like a, a Neil, a Neil Dolan interview, a Cali, like a proper sit down interview with Cali would be awesome. Like the two of them. And yeah, from going back in the years, the times they played against each other, you know. Um, I mean, one thing, one thing that would be awesome is if we could have like some mini tournaments for the alumni and get them back in. Yeah, it, it's it's such a like we've talked about this. I know, like, not to go too deeply into it, we talked about it as a committee. It's so difficult just logistically and trying to get these things done, and it would require. And again, just going back to it, it requires so much support by so many different people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if anything's to go by, it's not impossible because I really didn't think that this BIJ team would have more than about nine players um, for for the Beth tournament. Swinging back on that, but we've we've ended up with with I've got more players, players than I can swing a stick at. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we're we're in a we're in a good a good spot. I've actually had to give you guys the biggest dressing room. So that's. Yes! Uh, unfortunately, it's the one up the stairs at the back. Oh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah. Well, I think we've we've got a kind of rough structure if we were doing an all star team. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think we're, we're, we've got some we've got some ballpark ideas there in terms of where we can start. I'm sure right now, I'm sure we'll be sitting there tomorrow having lunch or whatever. We'll be like, we've got this out of jazz. But, because again, like that's starting out there. There's no question about Burke, but in terms of small sample sizes, probably in Sydney, probably be, uh, yeah, he's in a conversation. He's played under seventeen for Sweden. You know, um, you know, it's just he's awesome as well. There's no getting away from it. And uh, I mean, there's other goalies that have been absolutely phenomenal um, over the years. Besides, besides Beck. I mean, I just think Beck over this this yeah. stayed period of time. The, 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 the best, the best thing about Burke is you're not just looking at a small sample size. You're looking at Mister Consistency. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when Perk first came at the Eagles, he wasn't even necessarily considered the first choice goalie because we had Thomas Grambon back then and Thomas had all this experience and over time, Berkey worked so hard on his game, he essentially was more consistent and beat out Thomas and there's not take nothing away from Thomas. If Berkey wasn't there, you happily put Thomas in goal because he's awesome. Yeah. But it just it just shows how, how good he was. He... GB, you couldn't figure him out last year. Um, yeah. you, you know, he he had he's had twice had shutout streaks of longer than two games at nationals. Mm-hmm. He's you know he's 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 consistently been brilliant. Fabian, on the other hand, is I mean watching him at times was just ridiculous. Putting on absolute clinics. I can remember last year we had the laugh about Dave scored against Fabian, and we were like, "What well, we've been raving about this guy," and we watched him out and. Switzerland. Yeah, we went to Switzerland. Yeah. yeah, we watched him out in Switzerland and he was unbelievable. And we were like, well, he's just like, Dave scored past him, like, he can't be that good. But then the year that Oxford put it that year was because in the semi-finals and the finals, he just decided, we're winning this. Yeah, I mean, to be to be fair, in the semi, I think it was the final, they were absolutely dead. Yeah. And, and they, it was sort of they thing scored that, and they just yeah. couldn't figure it out. It was just a case of, all we need is one goal, guys. Yeah. And St. Andrews, um, St Andrews uh, at that year you know what St Andrews are like there's one thing St Andrews are not is short of firepower ever yeah. they've never been short of firepower offensively and they couldn't score when yeah. they had they way out shot and that's just it, it goalies make so much difference in the, in the BIG um, and Fabian in a small sample size has been fantastic Berkey's done it over a longer period of time so mm-hmm. I give Berkey the nod I remember having a conversation in a ref's car going up to um, up to an SNL game to do to go on the line, and uh, we were talking about like if you could build an an SNL team using players, who would you start with? And I was like, oh, you used to have an input. I was like, does them can the input be a goalie? And they were like, yeah. I was like, fine, I'd have Burke as my goalie in SNL instantly. You know, like yeah. that's who I'd pick. <laughs> it's not it's not even a question. Um, we had a conversation today about players that could potentially go from maybe not playing sort of amateur hockey to, to playing in the NHL. And some players from the uni, our uni come to mind that could possibly do that. Now, obviously, there's different things in the NHL. Like, there's not import, a lot of imports and stuff like that. Um, but I, I do think that Berkey, Fabian are players that could go and play NHL and do a job. Um I'm not downplaying how good NHL is, but no, I just think the players are playing like how good these players are. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that with that, I, we did talk about just doing this half an hour, Nick. We've now talked for fifty odd minutes. 
Um, <laughs> so um, I think we'll, we'll call it we'll call it a night and call it mm-hmm. uh, call it a season, and we'll be back in the start of the pre-season build to the AGM, etc. Summer camp coming soon. Summer camp details will be coming up. I'm hoping that you'll all sign up for that. Uh, Nick is going to be large and in charge and probably qualified by then. Uh, so we hope so. <laughs> um, since we're both, since I'm down here to do this camp with you, that we we'll both get through it. But um, we thank you all for your uh, listenership um, during the the season and and last season. And um, thank you for growing this, and it's making it worthwhile for us doing this. Yeah, thanks for doing it. I know some of you just listening to get a shout out, which is fair enough. Eva, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, top, top fan badge. Yeah, top fan badge definitely goes to Eva Harrison. Um, most cringy interview definitely goes to Eva Harrison. <laughs> she dropped a clanger on that one. Uh, <laughs> but um, thank you very much to everyone uh, for listening um, to the uh, BIG podcast in this 2018-19 season. We'll be back for 1920. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys.